Hey, this is George Lopez, and I start escuchando behind the baller with my man Ben Baller. What's up? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Baller. My name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. I'm the Forrest Gump of this hip-hop shit. You know what I'm saying? Stop acting like this is your practice life. It is not. If I did it, then you could do it too. You know what I'm saying? Went from minimum wage to 30 mil. Let's fucking go and get this show started. That's my guy Lakey on instrumentals at Lakey Inspired. Yeah. So, yo, man, I hope everyone had a great weekend. You know, weekends for me are mostly about family. And this week, or actually, you know what, the last 13 days have been the first time this year that I've been home without a break. You know, I'm sorry, without a trip, I'm saying, been out of town. Been kind of staying home, you know what I'm saying? I've been really, like, just trying to send somebody else out to the bay and everything else. And one of the biggest reasons is because... My kids, London and Ryder, start a new school this Wednesday. So this week, you know what I'm saying? That's just no joke. And, um, you know, when it gets to, like, th- th- like London starting kindergarten. I mean, I'm sorry. London starting first grade and Ryder starting kindergarten. It's a new school. It's getting, they're getting a fresh start. And, like, this shit ain't no joke. I want them to have, like, a great start and, like, a solid foundation. I want them to have, like, what's the word? Stability. You know what I mean? Like, I want them to stay consistent, you know, with school. I don't want them fucking up like I did, you know what I mean? And, like, I know people are like, oh, well, you you always talk about how much you fucked up and you turned out okay. Like, I don't want that shit for my life. I don't want that shit for my kids' life. I don't want that at all for my kids. I want them to be mentally happy. I don't want them to have the, the mess of a, of a childhood I had, you know what I'm saying? I I pray that they continue to grow up happy, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, they get to learn everything they need to. And that's what I truly want for them, you know? I'm doing my best to secure their financial future, but, you know, it's kind of early to get them ready for all that and everything. You know, they're just fucking kids, you know what I'm saying? And um, they can't get ready for the world. They need to get ready for, like, soccer and, and interacting with shit, you know, and, like, London gets anxiety around new kids and making new friends and stuff, and Ryder's a total opposite. He's just, like, super charming and super outgoing, and he's just... Ryder's fucking crazy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's he's a lot like me, you know, and... um. They're not ready for jobs and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Even though I got my first job when I was like around 10, you know. I caught up with uh, this guy who owns a business, you know, local business in Glendale. And we were just chopping shit up because uh, I needed some um, something done. I don't want to get too specific because uh, I don't want his kids to know I talked about him, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, going on. Um, he owns a lot of businesses, he owns some franchises, you know what I'm saying? And I did some research. He didn't tell me, tell me. But, you know, his businesses, he got an offer for a billion dollars for all his businesses, and um, yeah, one billion, you know what I'm saying? And I asked him, I was like, yo, man, we're like, the fuck, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm totally serious, you know, that beautiful home and everything. And he's like, I was like, um, why didn't you sell? You know what I'm saying? And he said, well, if I sold all my businesses, then, you know, what am I going to do? And I'm like, the fuck you mean what you going to do? Go travel, go, you know what I'm saying? Go learn another language, you know? Go get your dick sucked. I didn't say that, but I'm saying he's married and everything. I'm just, you know, it's a... He's an old Armenian dude. And I was like, yo, man, like, that shit is crazy. Like, you know, for real, why didn't you sell? And he's like, you know, like, I want my kids to have something to do. I want my kids to have a job. And I was like inside, like, oh, hell fucking no. I was like, shit, bro, you better than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause fuck that one B, one Billy, one, one billion. Nah, bro, I'm, I'm selling that business and giving my kids a, uh, a video game store or some shit that they could keep themselves busy with later in life or whatever the fuck they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So that's like, nah, he, he tripping. So anyways, keeping it Glendale, I went and took my kids to see Angry Birds this weekend. You know what I'm saying? And um, I fell asleep during the movie. My, my wife said they loved it though. You know what I'm saying? They fucking loved it. And uh, we saw it at the Americana, you know what I'm saying? And speaking of the Caruso properties, uh, Caruso's the group, Rick Crusoe, right? Yeah, Rick Crusoe owns the, he's the founder, the owner of the Crusoe Group, and he owns the Grove and all these other cool spots. Uh, I think they, I'm not sure if they think they still own the Link in Vegas, but they got a new spot in Palisades. I heard they opened up a new spot in North Hollywood, and um, they own the Americana, you know what I'm saying? The Americana is the nicer, more developed 
doper version of the Grove. And mind you, listen, I love the fucking Grove. Like I was so in love with the Grove. We'll get into it now. You know, 15, 16 years ago, I think the Grove was founded in, um, you know, in LA, right in the heart of, now it's even called, the area is called the Grove. It's called Beverly Grove. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, sort of like the Fairfax district, almost part of the Miracle Mile. And this is like the area I grew up in. I know I grew up in Koreatown, but like when you think of adjacent neighborhoods and you think about from Koreatown to Beverly Hills, all that area in between, I, I lived in those areas. You know what I'm saying? I lived across the street from the Grove at Park La Brea for a long time too, you know, with my cousin. And, um, you know, that was just an area, like just that time in life. And just when I was fucking broke, I just always think about these areas, you know what I'm saying? And just like walking around the area. This was a point in time when I had a car and it got stolen and I didn't have insurance because I was too embarrassed to tell my mom I couldn't afford the insurance payment and she'd have made it for me, but I had too much like pride. And anyways, you know, going around LA with no car, that's like, that's fucking just, it fucking sucks. Anyways, going back to the Grove, you know, um, I was just in love with the Grove. I was fully, completely infatuated. You know what I'm saying? They have a Bellagio style fountain. It was an outdoor mall. It wasn't like Century City Mall. It was just like, this shit was just beautiful. It was a whole different spot. And I was going there, no bullshit two, three times a week. And this is like back when I actually had shit I had to do. So it was like to go there that often, it's just crazy. You know, and like Jonas back in the day, Jonas would be like, yo man, you wanna go here again? Like what the fuck? You, you love that place, you know what I'm saying? And like one day we're walking through the Grove and we're walking past the Apple store and that's like one of Jonas's favorite stores. Jonas loves Steve Jobs. And Jonas was like, yo man, you love this shit, man. Like how much do you think this place cost? And I said, like, uh, for, I don't know, bro, 500 million? I don't know. This is, you know, like 2006 or something. And I'm like, I have no idea, dude. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to buy this place for you one day. You know what I'm saying? And God bless Jonas. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I had some legendary moments there for real. Like, you know, and, and just uh, we would go there. And he, he uh, there's a place called the Whisper Lounge, Whisper Bar, whatever the fuck it's called. And they had a pretty decent Kobe burger there. And anywhere that uh, that had a bar, Jonas was fucking with. You know what I'm saying? Jonas is my guy. And, I miss him like crazy, and I can't wait to do an episode dedicated to him, you know what I'm saying? And um, back to the Grove, you know, the food was a little sus early on, you know what I'm saying? And they had a um, farmer's market next door, so it's like you could just walk to farmer's market and you have the most lit shit ever, you know, especially that Brazilian barbecue in, in farmer's market. They're, they probably have one of the best Brazilian spots if you don't want to spend Fogo to Chow money, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy in there. And um, eventually now, you know, they figured it out, you know what I'm saying? They have Blue Ribbon and shit, and they got... Bar Verde and they just um they just if it, La Piazza got a new chef and they just they got it you know what I'm saying they got it going on over there but some notable moments at the Grove was uh me taking Drake to the Cheesecake Factory like in 2008 that shit was kind of funny he was like um so people noticed him he's like see motherfucker people know me you know what I'm saying like they started to know me and it was like funny seeing Drake like that you know it's fucking 11 years ago it's fucking mind boggling and um I remember I went to go see the movie 300 with Kanye. And um, the Grove had the most lit movie theater in LA for a long time, you know what I'm saying? But like, it just got too popular and motherfuckers start, you know, I mean, eventually, you know, it's they need to re renovate definitely, you know, the seating and everything and no disrespect to the Grove and the crew. So I'm just saying they need to, you know, people done farted and all fucked up their shit and everything, whatever. But the Americana is my shit, period. That's the the new, well, the, it's, it's newer. It's been around for, you know, what, I don't know how long, maybe 10 years. But the Americana is like the nicer Grove again. And the the Crusoe group has just taken such good care of me. You know, like I just got to give love to them. You know what I'm saying? Like I fucking love that place. Even though it's Glendale, you know, um, my mother-in-law like damn near lives at the Americana. And like my kids love the Americana. They love the big lawn. They love the movies and just like the tree lighting. We do that over there. Even though it's it's further out. It's just, it's just dope, man. Something about, you know, Glendale besides the police being so fucking crazy. Um, just, the kids, my kids just love the atmosphere and it's just, it's just so fucking, I don't know what it is, man. The energy, just the, the, when I smell the air at the Americana, you know, I just love it there. You know what I'm saying? If you ever go visit the Americana, make sure you go say hi to my uncle, um, uncle Tack, actually my real blood relative, my real blood uncle, my, my mom's brother, he owns the Wetzel's pretzels there that the kiosk right in front of the movie theater. And, um, if you didn't know the Americana has one of the best car washes in LA as well, and uh, the valet always shows love, and you know what I'm saying? I haven't been there that much this year, as much as I'd like to, you know what I'm saying? But um, I gotta say thank you to Jake for taking great care of me and my family this weekend, you know? While we were there, I walked across the street to the Galleria, and it's crazy, you know, I ran into a lot of people that recognized me, and they wanted to take pics. 
you know, I don't like to call people followers or fans and all that. That's just really not me. I'm a regular dude, you know what I'm saying? And it it gets more odd and odd on a regular basis. But like in the last two years, it's gone crazy. Don't matter where the fuck I'm at, people want to get a pick and people recognize me and it's dope, you know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about like for real, for real. Like it's just weird to me. I don't know, you know, it would never be normal to me. You know, I just, I always try to take a pick and, you know, and you know, I mentioned before, unless I'm eating and I was with my kids, you know, so I'm like watching them and I'm like, yo man, um, don't try to get like, you know, like Instagram ready. You want to take a selfie, let's get it going. Let's, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to be as cool as possible, but it's just, it's weird. Cause again, man, you know, I'm just, I'm just a regular dude. You know what I mean? And it's just an everyday thing. And um, it's becoming harder for me to do regular shit and just be a regular dude. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's becoming tougher for me to go take a shit in the public bathroom or whatever it may be. And like, so my regularize my shoes and be like, oh shit. That's Ben Baller taking a shit. Or I don't, I have no fucking, it's just, you know, God forbid, man, that's some crazy shit. Um, literally. And um, I was just going to get some school sneakers for my kids, you know, because they got to have black shoes. And um, yeah, man. So, anyways, um, let's take a break real quick. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get into some shit that's on my mind. We're talking a lot about shit, huh? And uh, we're going to talk about Boogie Cousins, my band George Lopez's party, Lakers, and just a lot of shit that was going on, man. We'll be right back. back man so on thursday night man it was my boy ruigi's birthday party at the nice guy and uh by the way it's my boy cole's birthday too man shout out to my boy cole happy birthday homie um and you know i don't go out i say it all the time you know what i'm saying but that's like a chill real small like quaint restaurant bar you know what i'm saying so i pulled up so my ruigi like i was obligated you know what i'm saying like it's funny he was like yo you shouldn't do anything you don't have to do like this is something i had to do you know what i mean and like Going out late at night when I'm just trying to chill, is, it's it's tough. The kids out, you know, ain't no excuses. It's just facts. And um, anyway, so I pulled up to the nice guy. And um, by the way, as I pulled up, there was a Lamborghini Urus that was there. And um, it was parked right behind. It's a nice area, you know. It's a fucking block from my store. And um, some dudes pulled up to it and just smashed it with this brand new motherfucking car, like a couple days old. And they pulled up to the Lamborghini Urus. And broke the fucking window and took a laptop or some shit. And I was like, yo, no offense, you know what I'm saying? Because I owned one, you know what I mean? But like, thank God I had a nicer car. So they parked it right in front. So like, shit like that can't happen. Um, at least, you know, it'd be tougher for it to happen. So anyways, I pulled up and I was surprised. I ran to some of my homies from the Philippines. Believe it or not, one of them is a real life princess. I won't say where she's from, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, not many people can really say that they're friends with the princess. Like a real, for real princess. So speaking of the Philippines, I saw my homies, Billy Crawford and Colleen Garcia. If you are Filipino, then you know one or two of them, or you know both, and both famous as fuck. And uh, just decent people. They're actually married to each other. And they're just super good people. And I took them to one of my favorite Japanese cafes. True, legit, true Japanese-style food, like real donburi, real um, legit tonkatsu, legit unagi-don, just... They have ramen, they have, you know, karage, they have everything. This is a real Japanese cafe. Like, thinking of American Diner, which you can get anything you can get at American Diner, then imagine a Japanese version of that, and that's like, this is a spot I eat at all the time, it's called Tot. So I took them over there, you know what I'm saying, and chopped it up with them, and took them over to Riff and everything, and, um, you know, I super miss the Philippines, you know what I'm saying, and obviously, you know, if anyone knows, they know how much I'm, I mean, obviously I'm married to a Filipino woman, and um, I just got super you know i got feelings i get in my feelings i think about the philippines too long you know so definitely before the end of the year i gotta make a trip out there and i gotta do some podcasts out there you know what i'm saying with some filipino celebrities and filipino you know prominent people speaking of filipinos my boy Luigi, you know whose birthday it was uh who is the you know founder and owner of rude um he might legitimately be the hottest menswear fashion designer in that upper echelon streetwear game you know what i'm saying and um I blessed them with a stupid, sick diamond cross. And I'm only saying this because I want people to understand, like, I don't even give really close friends of mine, like, micro Jesus pieces, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some of my homies, I'll give them a $1,000 Amazon card, or like, you know, if they got kids, you know, I'll put a thousand in their kids, Um, you know, like, fundraisers and shit like that. But like, I, you know, like, I, the dude is giving me, like, $15,000 in clothes, and he's just 
super supportive and I just I don't know what to say, man. I like I fuck with Luigi so hard, his whole team, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Scott and Roxy, you know what I'm saying? And just I had a you know, I had a cool time, you know what I'm saying? It's a small spot. Um shout out to my boy Zach Bia, you know, he's a DJ and also kind of runs a joint, runs all those H Wood group spots and he's like the the hottest young gun in Hollywood. But going back to going out, I just Every fucking girl, you know, it just got me thinking when I'm just like chilling, I'm high, I'm smoking that VVS, and I'm just looking around, and I'm just like, every single girl in here looks the fucking same. You know, I'm shaking my motherfucking head, and it's just like, yo, women, please stop fucking with your faces. The shit is like just crazy. The lip fillers are so crazy. Like, why the fuck do all you girls want to look the same? But is it me? It's like, man, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, somewhat like whatever, man, you know, a guitar, a fucking gun, or, you know, a Lambo truck, you know what I'm saying? A Rolls Royce with the fucking, with the starlight roof or something, you know what I'm saying? But like women, it's like if you ask them what their dreams were, and they'd be like, oh, um, I'd like to look like Kylie Jenner or like Emily Ratatowski. And I'm just like, anyways, that wasn't the worst part of the night, you know what I'm saying? The worst part of the night is, you know, at these places that are like bars and clubs and whatever, it's like no one dances anymore. You know, you get music that's played and all you see is like videos being taken and people on the phones. It's just, just drives me fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I'm not going to stay out too late. I think I got back home at like 1230 or 12.45 or some shit. And, you know, Friday, man, I got my van back from Platinum. And I know, listen, it, see, check it out. I can talk about this shit because I got fucking four other fire ass whips you know what i'm saying but like the van is just so saucy it's crazy shit is really that lit it's like it's it's and like i said i got a fire garage but i love my minivan you know friday night me and my wife made an amazon prime night we watched the movie uh acrimony and have any of y'all seen this movie before okay well if you haven't please watch this movie completely uninterrupted and then tell me what you thought of it because I, I know it's a year old movie but this movie fucked me up that shit hit me like a brick being thrown by ramon martinez circa 1991 man just watch the fucking movie and um tell me that shit don't fuck you up you know what i mean like even my wife she woke up the next morning and was like god damn that movie fucked me up you know what i'm saying and like uh friday night you know bieber justin bieber slid in my dms you know what i'm saying it's it's been like a year since we talked it's almost the long about the longest we, we've been without really any context you know um and like yeah man justin hit me up you know it was, was kind of good he started following me and shit i know all his fandom like his real legit fans know like who i am obviously because me and justin got a long history you know what i'm saying he's a good dude and of course justin wants some jewelry made you know what i'm saying of course you know i'm gonna also put some important jobs on the side for my dude you know what i mean also on Friday, man, I got right right in the middle of the day, like around three or four o'clock, my boy Ronnie Feig, um, Ronnie Feig hit me up on FaceTime and you know, I was like super presently surprised. And um, you know, this is a cat that I've known since like the golden days of Nike Talk, and you know, he's just soaked up all the game and the culture and, and like the streetwear shit and everything and just started his own brand, you know what I'm saying? And uh, with Kith. And if you don't know what Kith is, then you know, maybe you should stop listening to this podcast. You know, sometimes I laugh when, um, like, people, like, one of my, my, my um, wife's cousins will be talking about Kith or something. Like, oh, yeah, I know Ronnie. That's my boy. And, and like, I'm truly, like, super happy and, and, you know, so proud of what he's accomplished. And he's just, like, just such a fucking good dude. And he's so successful. And he has, like, no hate in his heart. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy. You know, he's never fronted on me. And um, he just hit me out of nowhere. And uh, I crack up when people think I'm dropping his name. I'm like... You motherfuckers have no fucking idea, man. You guys are stupid. But yeah, he's a rare human being, and man, he deserves everything he has in his life right now. And he has a lot, you know, to be real. And, and he's not anywhere near done. He's he's got so much more that he's gonna get done, and it's it's just it's inspiring, you know what I'm saying? And he really might fuck around and be the next streetwear Ralph Lauren. You know what I mean? He's just he's just super dope, you know. Keeping it New York, my boys, the Safety brothers, super talented directors. You know, New York cats doing indie films, you know what I'm saying? They just uh think they just finished the remake of Forty Eight Hours, that Eddie Murphy Nick Nolte film. Um, they uh they've directed a couple of really critically acclaimed films, like true filmmakers. Josh is just fucking dope as a motherfucker. Anyways, 
they just finished their latest movie and it was called um, Uncut Gems. And the movie is about a degenerate New York City jeweler. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for real, that shit is about me. You know what I'm saying? Actually, might be about, no, nah, I couldn't be about Mr. Flawless, man. This, this, this dude is like super degenerate, old school Jewish jeweler. And the star of the movie who's playing the jeweler is Adam Sandler. And what a lot of people don't know is Adam Sandler shadowed me for a while to prepare for this role. And um, I never told my sister about this. And my sister is his stylist. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, people think they know me so well. When it comes to celebrities, I won't kiss and tell unless it's agreed upon or like, you know, the job's done. And like, it's like well after, you know what I'm saying? And finally, when I told my sister, she was like, why the fuck wouldn't you tell me? And I was like, you know, I just didn't want to make shit even 1% messy. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know, I'm just, it was crazy. And so my sister and Adam, they got to talking about me and whatever. And um, Adam told my sister when he played a chef in a movie, he shadowed Thomas Keller. And um, he said when he plays a role of someone important, you know, he wants to learn from the best. And that might be the greatest goddamn compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life, especially from one of my favorite actors. You know what I'm saying? And um, speaking of jewelry, these motherfuckers about this fucking top 20 jeweler list. It, these guys are so fucking triggered. These Etsy jewelers, like these motherfuckers that are making that shit that you see on Telegraph Ave or like Venice Beach. You know what I'm saying? Or like any common ass place when you see a person with like a fucking table. No disrespect doing their hustle. I'm just saying, bro. Like, yo, you ain't built like me. This shit is crazy with their fucking 11, 13,000, maybe 20,000 max followers. You know, and they're just like super bitter because they sit at a fucking bench all day and think they deserve more credit. And it's just so fucking laughable to me. And it's like, yo chill the fuck out, you know what I'm saying, like, why are you getting so emotional for someone who don't fucking, do, you don't even know, you don't even know me, you know what I'm saying, like, you let someone that, like, who you don't know, get you that trigger, like, that shit is so funny, that fucking list was good for the jewelry business, actually, you know what I mean, now fools can go back to work and actually step their game up, or try to, you know, some of these guys have so much fucking talent, but they can't take it to the next level, you know what I'm saying, because they have no fucking business sense whatsoever, Understand this. This is not a solo game. No matter how fucking talented you are, you need to be a team player. This shit is a team sport. You know what I mean? This ain't no solo game. You know what I mean? It's like being a sick-ass playground baller. You know, one of those dudes like in the fucking and one. And no disrespect, you know, they make their money, do their thing, whatever. But it's like, you'll never be in the league. You'll never be pro, you know, in that terms. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll be a sick-ass basketball player who fucking score at will. You can even, ball, you know, score points on NBA players when they come out to the playground or whatever. But you will never be a fundamentally sound, like, uh, you, you can't run plays. You just aren't coachable. You know what I'm saying? You, you're not going to play in the league. You won't play in the NBA. And, you know, they just don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Those guys go to the Diamond District to die. You know what I mean? And it's like, shit, man. If you want to take your business to another level, you got to give up a little ass. You know what I mean? You got to figure shit out. You know what I'm saying? That's another reason why I don't make a ton of pieces, and people are like, oh, you know, man, shut the fuck up, you stupid mother, you don't know shit, everyone thinks something's on YouTube, or something, man, I've posted so many fucking pictures, videos and shit of me fucking, you know, touching jewelry, making jewelry and shit on my stories and stuff and everything, there's so much I don't show, but now I can obviously elaborate it because I have a podcast, but it's like, you motherfuckers are really, really funny, you know what I'm saying, anyways, let me just breathe in, breathe out, you know what, fuck that Miles, give me a lakey beat bro Be right back So I woke up Sunday morning, and you know what I'm saying, we do our Sunday morning breakfast ritual with my kids and my in-laws, and every morning I, I check what's trending on Twitter, and I saw Dwight Howard's name trending, and you know, I mean, I don't think many people know, I mean, my homies know, I can't fucking stand Dwight Howard, you know what I mean, and I don't want to hear shit about his accolades and league, man, and all that other bull, and shut the fuck up, what I will tell you is that he's softer than soup. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker is just trash, bro. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear shit 
from none of you fucking Dwight Howard. Who the f- does he have like big fans? Like this is crazy. Anyways, when he left the Lakers, I was so fucking happy. What I was not happy about, I was so fucking embarrassed when there was fucking billboards like on the side of the Beverly Hills Hotel and all these other places. And it was like, yo, please stay, please stay. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? The fuck? No, get him the fuck out of here ASAP. You know what I'm saying? He was trending this morning. And, um, you know, I thought maybe he had had another alleged or not alleged affair with the transgender, you know. And I'll get into that to another podcast if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But that shit is crazy. And uh, that's not why I don't like him. You know, I don't give a fuck what he does with his life. I don't give a fuck what any celebrity does in their personal time. As long as they're not beating up kids or hurting women or some shit, you know what I'm saying? It's just not it at all. But it was saying that the Lakers were going to sign him or like they're going to talk with him. And I'm like, yo, listen, no. Fuck no. 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 Like never. Please, not ever do I want to see him fucking back on Lakers. And they're talking about because, you know, the fucking Boogie Cousins injury and shit and everything. Like, no. I'd rather have LeVar Ball play center for the fucking purple and gold. Like, you are tripping. The fuck is going on with the front? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, man, you know, I can't really say too much because I got an email from the front office and they're already mad about the LeBron slander. So, you know, I'd say, uh, I said, you know, on my platforms that I would chill about, you know, just talking too much shit about, you know, my team. But anyways, going on, man. I just, no, like, we don't need him, man. Javal, we we get somebody else. Javal is my guy, by the way. So anyways, Boogie Cousins, man. Oh, When we were signing cats, AD and all that and everything, I was vocal. And it's so fucking funny, man. See, people don't see the shit the way I do. And I'm not saying I'm, you know, right all the time. And I told you when I am right, you know, I usually talk with the most shit. And, you know, people arguing me about this. I'm like, no, Boogie's good for this. Listen, man, no offense, man. I don't give a fuck if you watch 82 fucking games. Shut up the fuck up boogie is not the same dude he was three four years ago boogie is not that dude who was busting 46 50 points a night like three games in a row like that just that's not that boogie is gone that that shit is done that sacramento kings boogie is not like he ain't it's it's like man you know of course i feel bad i don't want anybody getting an injury and shit but you know like it's like the Monstars from Space Jam sucked up all his fucking game. The dude is not the same. And it's like, I didn't want to sign him. I didn't want us to sign him. People side-eyed me. Even my boy Homicide, my dog, he's like, y'all chill, man. He's good for the squad, you know, blah, blah. He'd be this. And I'm like, to start? Fuck no. And like the sixth sense inside of me was like, yo, man, he's, he's done. Like real shit, I knew he was done in the NBA. Like period. You know, he shouldn't have rushed coming back, whatever it may be. I think it was deeper than that. To me, personally, I just knew it was like, I was like, yo, bro, your time is like, that's it. Like, you ain't coming back into the league and and being a force. And like, even when he was kind of doing his thing, like, no, bro, no, come on, man. How do you go from crushing it, being the fucking NBA, you know, points leader to just, and then, oh, we had an injury. No shit, he had an injury. So I don't want him fucking starting for the fucking Lakers, not not on this squad, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when he was busting that ass, I got a story about Boogie. When Boogie was like top of his game, mind you, this motherfucker's seven foot tall, like 280. I mean, he is a big motherfucker. And so like, <laughs> I'm at courtside, you know, sitting at the Laker game, right next to the Lakers bench, and Boogie's busting ass. It's the first quarter, and he's got like fucking like 10 points. And he's crying about a call. And I was like, man, shut your ass up, man. Stop crying. And he looked right at me. Looked dead straight in my eyes. And he said, what? He's like, I think you better shut the fuck up. And it's funny because the night before, he got fined $25,000 for talking crazy to a fan. So, you know, I look at this dude. And I was like, I was like, All right. I was like what? Man, man, shut your ass up. He was like, what'd you say? And like the game is going there, it's he needs to inbound the ball now. It's like crazy. He's walking to, you know, mind you, I'm like, you know, a foot away from jumping on the court, and you know, I'm I'm right there. My feet are on the parquet, and um, he's like, "Yo, man, why don't you stick to making motherfucking jewelry?" 
And like part of me was like, oh shit, that motherfucker knows who I was. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And my boy Cole is right next to me. Or was Cole next to me in that game? Who the fuck was next to me in that game? You know, no, my boy Terry Heller was next to me in the game. Cole was at that game with his son sitting across from us. So anyways, going on, I'm like, yo, this dude is fucking tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like he's fucking crazy. So halftime at the, you know, Laker games, we sit in courtside, you know, you kind of walk across the court. Usually courtside's like all the fuck, obviously, I mean, you know, if you're paying fucking 10 bands a seat, you know, you're going to be um, sitting next to wealthy people, no one broken, or someone famous, or, you know, agents and shit and all that stuff and everything. So, you know, I do the, the regular rounds, you know what I'm saying? I see, um, I see Denzel say, what's up? Obviously, I've said it multiple times, 100 times. Denzel was one of the main guys who gave me my start in Hollywood. See my godfather, Lou Adler, you know what I'm saying? I say hi to him, you know, Floyd or whoever else, random people over there. Um, like Yasiel Puig when he was at the Dodgers. I seen him, was, hey, what's good? What's going on? You know, but I go see my boy Cole. That's my dog. So I see Cole. I walk over. Me and Cole start shooting the shit. Cole's a pretty big dude. Cole's like like 6'2", 6'3", like 240. Pretty big dude, you know what I'm saying? And Cole's, for a white boy, Cole is a, for, <laughs> for a big-ass jar mayonnaise, Cole's about his shit. I've seen Cole fight before. You know, and so Cole looks behind me and his eyes light up and he's like kind of quiet. So I'm like, what the fuck, you know, like, fuck, is, what, you, what you tripping on? So I turn around and there's, you know, DeMarcus Cousins. Boogie Cousins is right behind me. He's like, what's up, homie? And I was like, what's up, fool? And he's like, why don't you talk that shit now? And I was like, what? The fuck, who the fuck are you talking to, bro? He goes, I'm talking to you, man. Why don't you say what you got to say now, bro? Say some shit now. You know what I'm saying? I, he said some other shit too, like you want some smoke or something. He was like, what's up? I was like, man, bro, are, are you mentally fucking retarded? Like, th this was, I actually said this. I was like, are you fucking crazy, bro? Like, now mind you, again, you know, like I talk a lot of shit and I wouldn't give a fuck and obviously I don't have my gun on me. So it's like, can't pull it out and sit there and be like, motherfucker, I will shoot you in the foot or some shit. Then have just get into a whole world, just take multiple L's and I've already taken the L. And like, I'm like, bro, like, are you fucking crazy? Like, I'm first I'm thinking like, yo, bro, you make crazy millions. You're insanely out of control. And you're really running up on a fucking six foot washed up. Well, how old was I then? 44, 45 year old dude, 44 year old dude. Like, I don't know how old I was, but like, I was boggled. I was really tripping. And I mean, we'll get into this later. Like, you know, I've gotten to fights with, with uh, Kendrick Perkins. I've gotten to fight with, um, gotten to fight with KD. I think I've talked about this before. I've gotten to fight and, you know, like, I've gone to arguments with Russell Westbrook. That's my guy, too. And I've gone to arguments with people. Um, one time, I got Michael Beasley uh, ejected from a game. And this is at a Clippers game. I don't even give a fuck about the Clippers. You know, I hate the fucking Clippers. This went because the seats were good. And he was playing with the Timberwolves, and I got him ejected out of a game. And it was crazy because, like, Dwight, dog, you ain't got better things to do than fuck with me. So, you know, he, like, walked off the court. As he walked off the court, he said, you need to give me a free chain. And I was like, you need to suck my dick. And he's like, what'd you say? And I was like, fuck this, man, walking off, man, dude, this fucking dude. Motherfucker was real, for real, about to fight me. I was, you know, like, if I was some punk-ass fucking little, you know what I'm saying, like, some little fucking nerd or sue his ass, like, you know, but that just ain't me, but it was, I was shocked. But anyways, the moral of the story is, I'd rather see an injured boogie play. Like, he can't play right now, right, can't walk. I'd rather, in his current state, with his torn ACL, I'd rather see him play than us fuck with Dwight, period. Like, no, Dwight is motherfucking trash. So into other news, to better news, my brother, George Lopez, yes, you know, the most famous motherfucking Mexican, you know what I'm saying, actor there is, no, I'm playing. George Lopez, for the last four years, hosted a who weed in my pool party, like who peed in my pool, anyways, he has a weed pool party at his house, and it's always lit, it's like, there's tons of food, soul food, tacos, Mexican corn, cakes, cookies and shit, homemade like cookies, dope ass shit, you know what I'm saying? And like, um, he's at it for the last four years. I've gone the last three out of the four years and he's got a full bar, you know what I'm saying? And as I record this podcast right now, where it's like 11, 15 PM, that shit is still going on. And that shit started at one and motherfucking one PM. Okay. <laughs> and you know, um, I usually go early, like I get to like at 1.30, you know what I'm saying, on purpose, so like I can leave early, you know what I mean, because, you know, Sundays are for family days, you know what I'm saying, so I try to, try to get there early, they got valet parking and everything, let me park the car in front, and you know, they just show me VIP love, and I know he's got a lot of celebrities there, a lot of big people and stuff, and you know, um, last year I got to kick with like Arsenio, and like 
just tons of people, man. A lot, a lot, a lot of prominent um, Latino actors and stuff. And um, George has always supported me, you know what I'm saying? So I always fuck with him, you know. And even though Sundays are for family, my wife understands, you know what I'm saying? She knows that I fuck with George heavy. So, you know, I walk in and immediately I see Lawrence Fishburne. And, you know, that's that's a unicorn in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Larry is a, that's a motherfucking unicorn for real. And, um, you know, we chopped it up. I met him last year formally. And last year we chopped it up for at least an hour. We took a pic. I threw it on the gram, you know, and Lawrence Fishburne is a real thespian. This motherfucker is a legend. Like it is just, you know, obviously a super honor to work with this dude. And for those you don't know, you know, um, I did stunts on biker boys. You know what I'm saying? He's obviously in the movie and, um, Deep Cover is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, it could be my top 20. And we'll get into my my top 20 favorite movie list, top 20, 25 or some shit. We'll ma definitely make an episode of that, and we'll get into that later. But if you grew up in L.A. during the 80s, you'd understand um, why Deep Cover is one of my favorites. It's just some gangster-ass shit. That movie birthed Snoop Dogg's career. It was just super dope. And this time we chopped it up, and it was dope. We talked about motorcycle riding to to Pebble Beach and shit and just he still rides man he got a hog he got a Ducati he has a BMW and you know um it's just dope man you know what I'm saying like I can definitely see um we exchanged numbers last time and never hit dude whatever you know but definitely see like you know you easing into some of these relationships and you know they always say don't don't like meet your heroes and stuff and I I don't want to say anything like that would fuck up how I think of his legacy and like you know maybe he might I don't know like something I don't like and who knows man but you know just a blessing to even be in that in that room and um feel even important enough for him to talk to. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was super dope. But uh this time I blessed him with some VVS pens and he loved them. And you know, that means everything to me. Right now we're VVS, as I told you, we're just at an amazing place right now. And uh anyway, so you know, at the party, there's a lot of homies there, you know what I'm saying? My boy DJ Vice, my man DJ Echo, you know what I'm saying, and like Big Boy from Big Boy's neighborhood, he's always there, you know what I'm saying? And um I even got to meet the legend, like the God dog, you know what I'm saying? Edward James almost was there. And um, that's really just, I mean, bro, you're talking about a real, just super OG, like down American me. It was just also like such an obvious favorite movie of mine. And uh, anyways, um, my homie Crystal B was there and uh, Crystal is an active vegan, you know what I'm saying? So we got talking about veganism and being vegan and shit, you know, and like a week ago, um, you guys don't know this. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't mention it before, but a week ago, I decided not to eat pork anymore. And pork was one of the few things I did eat because it's white meat. You know what I'm saying? And um, I haven't had red meat in three years. And uh, you know, I even went pescatarian for eleven months. For those of you who don't know what pescatarian means, it's it's when you only eat fish and vegetables, or else you don't eat any other meat. So um, you know, after that eleven month run of being a pescatarian this was like mostly after i had surgery on my stomach like michael rapport you know i had uh i was um um ulcerative uh colitis and uh that ain't no fun to have and i pretty much cured it for the most part i don't think michael has you know what i'm saying so it's like when you gotta take a shit it's like nine one one time you know what i mean like there have been times where i had to give a motherfucker a hundred dollars like listen man i ain't got time to talk i'm not a weirdo listen bro i drive a ferrari i need to use the bathroom can i take a shit here's a hundred dollars i'm not tripping i'm not weird. bro look at i gotta walk you know I, anything to fucking just stop the person and i've had times where they say no and like all right well boom and i've had to literally take a shit on the side of the fucking freeway or whatever it may be and i know it's not pleasant it's not but it's just it was a problem thank god for surgery and everything else and i got some other shit i gotta take care of but you know going back to trying to be healthy and stuff you know I just started out eating chicken and pork and obviously fish. And, uh, you know, pork is, like I said, the white meat. But, you know what? I saw this video on Twitter, man. And usually, you know, like, I don't know, man. You know, I'm not really tripping on shit. And I listened to this Mike Tyson podcast this weekend with uh, Jim Jones. And uh, they talked about, you know, because Mike Tyson's a vegan now. And talked about when they're slaughtering animals and killing animals and their emotions and how tense they are. And they know they're going somewhere where they've never gone before. They're not going to come back or whatever. And just like, just the fear and all that shit and the tension. And I just was just like, you know what, man? Okay, cool. Kind of hit a soft spot a little bit, you know, finally, because my wife has been a vegetarian for, you know, 17 years and she's trying to start to get into veganism. And it's just, she's a pescatarian for a while too. But like, my wife hasn't had red meat or any meat, period, in fucking, you know, 17 years. Going on, I saw this video of these pigs being slaughtered. 
And don't ask me why, but I watched like the whole two minutes and it just haunted me. It just fucked me up. And they were crying and squealing and like this guy was literally taking an axe and smashing their fucking head open. And they were crying and squealing and it just, it just gave me fucking nightmares and it just fucked me up about their feelings and things. And it's just like pigs are really smart too. That's another thing too, you know, super fucking smart. Whereas opposite of chickens and like fish, fish have no fucking feelings. It just, it fucked me up. And I was like, I don't know, man, you know what? I'm just not fucking with, with pork anymore. And, you know, maybe I get chicken out of there too. I just, it just fucked me up. And, um, I don't know, you know, um, but we got to talking about vegan restaurants and, you know, my boy, Nick Adler talked about him on the podcast before already. Who's one of my best friends and, um, his dad is, you know, my godfather and everything. And Nick Adler, um, is a very famous vegan. And, uh, I was there the day he became vegetarian. It was like 1994. And I remember him, you know, and then he became vegan. His kids are vegan. His wife is vegan. And, He's serious with it, but he ain't the type of dude that's got to tell you guys every five minutes and it's not whatever. He's just, it just is what it is. You know, he's just, he's the coolest vegan I know. Next to my assistant, Sean, my assistant, Sean's like, he don't make it difficult for nobody. You know, he just, him make it work. So anyways, Nick finally opened, he owns Monty's, the best fucking burger in LA and it's all vegan. And I'm talking about, you wouldn't even fucking know if you went there and it's in Koreatown. Anyways, he owns a restaurant called Nick's on Beverly. It's right by Rock Nation. It's right on Beverly and, and uh, Sweetser. Just literally a two-minute drive from my store. And um, it's like the first fancy, like, five-star vegan restaurant. I know they got, um, you know, like Casillas Madres, which is fucking incredible. But uh, Nick's on Beverly. You know, I haven't checked it out. Homicide went. I feel bad. Definitely got to check it out. I got to take wifey there. And, um, you know, I know me and Selena, uh, me and fucking Selena, fuck my tongue, me and Crystal B were talking about Burger Lords and arguing what's better, Burger Lords or um, Monty's, and she likes Burger Lords better, and they they hand make a vegan patty, it's fucking incredible, if you get there too late, they'll never be done even in, for dinner time, like they make, I forgot how many patties they make, but it's just ridiculously delicious and good, and it is an argument, so it's like, almost like, it's like Shake Shack in and out, which one's better, I don't know, but they're both really good, you know what I'm saying, so, um, it brought up a discussion about this place called Takaya. Now, Takaya is just an insane upscale, upper scale Mexican restaurant, and they only serve organic food. The meat that they do serve is organic, grass-fed, free-range chicken, like just the best of the best. A fucking burrito can be $23 there. It could be, actually, I think a burrito could be like 24 and it's just insane. I ate there two nights in a row, they got several locations. I don't know, but there's one at my store um, at the bottom of Beverly Center, and they got one in, in La Jolla, but it's just insanely fucking good. Every single thing they have on the menu has a vegan option. The vegan cheese is just crazy, and um, you know, up until that time, the only thing close to it was Mixto in Silver Lake, you know what I'm saying? But this shit's just on a whole nother level. It's fucking incredible. By the way, Moby owns a restaurant called... Uh, the fuck is it called pine tree or pine or fuck i forgot but moby the producer house music guy um anyways up until then you know what i'm saying that was the only spot that had that type of food and this is a different level like mixto is a taco stand you know what i'm saying this is a full-blown restaurant with like like real chefs chefs that like throw that real spice and like it's just fucking delicious man food is so flames and like it's not Chipotle, you know what I'm saying? It's not even Chipotle on steroids, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time I go to Chipotle, I get a stomach ache. Like, it's just guaranteed. Fucking crazy. It's just, this is a totally different spot. It's legit. And um, later, of course, I've been asked a hundred thousand times in the last 10 years, I will get into my favorite restaurants in Los Angeles. I know you guys all want to know, but before we talk anymore, Miles, hit me with a beat. And we'll be right back. So, you know, this is the weekend wrap up and uh, we drop the weekend wrap up every Monday and obviously I talk about what happened throughout the weekend and whatever I missed on the on the carryover on uh, the regular episodes that drop on Thursday but um 
you know, I thought about dropping episodes like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And maybe I might, you know what I'm saying, for five, ten minutes just to rant about something. But for the most part, I want to keep it to two just to be on a schedule because, you know, I don't want I want a episodes to be a little longer. I'm really happy that people are like, yo, man, we need the episodes longer and this and that. And I'm just like, yo, motherfucker, like, you don't want to hear me talk that long. You know what I'm saying? It's cool, though. Um, by the way, we do have a website now, www.behindtheballerpod.com. Behindtheballerpod.com. And yet, yeah, as information, you know what I'm saying, how to catch up with whatever else. And later on, I'm sure we're going to have merch. I got some fire ass t shirts that were being made. And so, anyways, this weekend, if you don't know, if you're a car fanatic, um, it was Monterey Car Weekend, you know what I'm saying? And all the crazy exotic cars are in um, Pebble Beach. They do like, you know, car auctions for like $80 million or $40 million and crazy shit like that. And there's, you know, usually the big brands like luxury bands like Rolls Royce and Bentley launch new, you know, show their debut, their new car there. And like, um, you'll see crazy fucking McLarens there and a bunch of hyper cars. And hyper cars, usually the cars are over a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? And so like, speaking of cars, I've been having this debate with people for a long time, you know, like Ferrari and Lamborghini. And um, I know I've owned, fuck, let's see, we got a Gallardo, uh, a Murcielago, that's two, got a Ventador 2012, 2014 Aventador, so that's four, SV Aventador, that's five, Euro six. So I've had six Lamborghinis, and let me be real with you, Lamborghini's a trash brand, man, I don't know, I, I, I mean, I love the doors going up, and you know, it, it's like... They're impressive, you know, when someone sees a Lamborghini on the street and they see it like tourists and shit, it's like, oh, cool. Like, you get compliments, but I fucking hated driving the fucking Aventador. It's like, you need to drive it hard for like 30 or 40 minutes and then finally you're like, all right, now this motherfucker's warmed up and it's ready to drive like kind of beastly. But like, you know, when you're in an Aventador doing like 140 miles per 150, it, it's scary. It feels scary. You know, you're in the McLaren doing like 150, 160, it's... Not that scary, It's which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just, I don't know what it is, man. I'm just, it'd be, it might, you know, I say this, but I just, I can't fuck with Lamborghini. And speaking of which, I bumped into a old friend, um, someone I did business with, and then, uh, I don't know, man, we kind of fell out, whatever, but his name's Amir, and he, uh, he's a top sales guy at Beverly Hills Ferrari, and, um, you know, I've had a lot of Ferraris, and I've had a history with Ferrari as well, and, uh, you know, a lot of people were really pissed off when the 488 dropped. I had the second 488 in the United States of America. And there's some big heavy cats, you know what I'm saying? Like cats who've spent, you know, multi-millions. Enzo owners, LaFerrari owners, you know what I'm saying? That um, were like, how the fuck did this dude, Ben Baller, get a car before us? And um, Amir is my plug and whatever. And um, we had a fallout and uh, over some really petty shit. And uh, I ended up buying my GTC4 Luso from San Francisco Ferrari. So anyways, going on, the way you do Ferrari is, it's about VIN numbers. And uh, if you go to one dealership, that's where you have your relationship. You can't go anywhere else. You can't deal with other people. It's just, it's they, they have a system. They got a protocol and everything. And like, so a long time ago, like a year ago, I sat down and I was uh, flown out to um, Korea to meet Jackie Chan's son and Jackie Chan and all them. They flew me out there and like, sitting down to dinner, you know what I'm saying? And don't even realize I'm sitting down at dinner with the fucking owner of McLaren. This is like Jackie Chan's like fucking guy. And I'm like, hold on, wait a second. Like, what the fuck, man? I've been trying to get a Senna for fucking MSRP. Like, can you help me out? Like, what's really good? Because McLaren and Beverly Hills and whatever is just not really, you know, my thing. So anyways, um, they told me, he's like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. I got you, you know, boom. And uh, the only problem was it was allocation not being in, in uh, Asia. And, you know, by the time you get it over here, it'd be like, $400,000 in fees and everything. So at that point, it'd be the same as buying one here. Then my boy, Michael Gunsberg, he found one for me for like $1.29 million. And I was like, fuck, let me see. Let me think about it. Then when I finally said, fuck it, let's just do this. I was going to get rid of two cars. It was already gone. So, you know, it just fucking sucks. So anyways, um, supposed to have allocation for March 2020. You know, who knows? But going on now um, about Ferrari... I'm going to go there tomorrow and start building my F8 Tributo, which is the successor of the 488. And, um, or, you know, it's limited. They only run the car for a short time. And, um, you know, the SF90 is coming out, and that's their new hybrid Ferrari, super crazy car. 
And I remember some dude in the comments like, bullshit, you're nobody in Ferrari. How come you didn't get invited? Like, motherfucker, you know what shit I get invited to that I don't go? Like, I don't, what the fuck I want to, and I'm not tripping to go see a car like that. It's just, I mean, I love cars. I do. But it's not that deep to go to Monterey to go hang out with these car geeks. The motherfuckers like, you know what I'm saying? Wearing like the Lamborghini fucking polo and the matching hat to match with their fucking, you know. It's just like, dude, that just ain't me, bro. Like, no, man. Like, you know, like, that ain't me at all, man. Like, it's just not me. I don't fuck with Paganis. I don't give a fuck about Kona Sags. Like, you know, Paganis to me are like the Richard Mills of fucking of exotic cars. It's just, it's just not my thing, man. But, you know, at least Paganis have, you know what I'm saying, the AMG you know, founder behind the company. But anyways, going back on, I think I'm going to jump the gun on SF90. And uh, shout out to my boy Amir. If you are looking for a Ferrari, go fuck with Amir. Um, we uh, rekindled our relationship over the weekend. So yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Go fuck with my guy. Right about now, I'm about to give you a Forrest Gump moment. I'm going to start doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? I just thought about it right now. I'm going to give you a Forrest Gump moment. And I always be about hip hop, but a Forrest Gump moment. You know what I'm saying? I just want to kind of, bringing out there so you know if you guys have been following the news and following shit you know there was this guy 19 years ago or 18 years ago and he went by the hollywood ripper killed a couple girls in hollywood i guess they found them killed some girls in uh illinois and um i don't know just in different parts of the country and uh the thing that was interesting is so this girl one girl particularly in in hollywood her name is ashley she was supposedly dating Ashton Kutcher at the time. And Ashton has been um, at the trial testifying on her behalf and testifying against the killer and whatever it may be and what he saw and everything else. And they show him, he looks real crazy, dude. He looks like a fucking like 1970s like detective. You know what I'm saying? He looks like a fucking fed. Looks weird. Anyways, going on and going, going forward. Around this time was when I was at the height of my gambling degenerate lifestyle. This is when I was going to fucking Vegas, driving there in my Lexus GS430. And I would drive there with my boy, Rich. Rich Skills is a producer, dude from New York, was one of my best friends at the time. We did everything together. This motherfucker was a fellow Aquarian. And my other boy, Johnny Messner. Johnny Messner, at one point, was a fucking, he was killing it in the acting world. You know what I'm saying? He befriended Bruce Willis, started doing movies and he had a series going, he's on TV, and um, I ain't talked to Johnny in a minute, but, you know, he was, a, the last movie I seen him in was The Equalizer. He played the dude that tried to kill Denzel in the coffee shop. He's wearing a yellow construction vest, and it's just funny, I love Johnny, man. So, me, Johnny, and Rich are driving to Vegas, and it was just a shit show. I think each of us only had, like, $1,500, $2,000 at the time. You know, I didn't always have money, you know what I'm saying? And, like, we're going to Vegas and trying to turn $1,500, $2,000 into, like, 20 Gs or whatever, and we're just... You know, that was enough. You know, we'd get the hotel rooms comp, whatever. And I remember we spent the whole weekend there. We left Friday and we came home Sunday. And this story just gets fucking, just, just fucking crazy. Anyways, I'll try to make it quick as possible. So, you know, one of my favorite things besides gambling in Vegas was going to strip clubs. You know, like back in the day, Olympic Gardens was a shit. And then um, after Olympic Gardens, it was Crazy Horse 2. Crazy Horse 2 had the run for the longest motherfucking time. Crazy Horse 2 was just like, it's like, I mean, it can't compare to 11 now, but just what, you know, and I know my wife is kind of like, why the fuck are you talking about strip clubs? But anyways, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy and whatever, and you know, you get into all kinds of debauchery and shit, and, and Vegas is Sin City, and you know, um, Crazy Horse 2 was just, it was just fucking, it was like, it was my playground, you know, and so, you know, we go gamble, win or lose, we'd end up at fucking Crazy Horse. You know, we, is like if one of us were down, we'd loan some money, blah, blah, whatever. At the time, we're staying at the Rio. And at this time, the Rio was like a dope spot. Like for real, like Rio was a dope ass spot. So we were fucking with the Rio. And um, we went to Crazy Horse. It was Saturday night and it's like 2, 3 a.m. And we're in there. Rich and fucking Johnny are faded out of their fucking minds. And I hadn't already fucking got all the lap dances I could possibly get. But at that time, I wasn't drinking. I went through phases in my life where I was a drunk and I was drinking, and that was a time where I wasn't drinking. So, you know, we're in the fucking club, and it's like, I'm like, yo, can we go? And then motherfuckers did not want to leave. And I don't know why I didn't just get in my fucking car and just drive back to the hotel, but I didn't. So, like, every hour, I'd be like, yo, let's get the fuck out of here. Finally, you know, they meet these two girls. Um, 
I didn't meet a girl that night. And uh, they scored. You know what I'm saying? They got two girls, two girls from Crazy Horse 2. And um, wow, I just realized that I'm fucking snitching right now. But you know what? Fuck it. It's all good. So anyways, I won't even talk about, you know, I want to get into specifics. This is fucking hilarious. And, and those are my dogs. And fuck them. And this is such a long time ago. It's a funny fucking story. But it's crazy. And it's true. And it's an ill story. And it's, and it's a Forrest Gump moment because I was just timing wise. It's just crazy. So anyways, going on. Won't tell you who with one of these girls, but one of the girls I met was this blonde chick named Ashley, and uh, she was pretty girl. She was cool, you know what I'm saying. And tell you the truth, in a, just in a weird random moment, I think I got a lap dance from her that night, you know. And she's attractive girl, whatever. And you know, we went back to the hotel, boom, whatever. Sunday before we left, we decided to gamble some more, and of course, we lost all our money. We lost everything except for gas money to get back home, and that's how much of a fucking low life loser like just idiots and um the crazy part about this whole shit is we're driving home and like i've gone to vegas and smashed there now mind you anyone that's driven from la to vegas i'm talking about la dog i'm not talking about fucking you know the ie fucking pomona or something i'm talking about west hollywood beverly hills okay you know there's two routes sometimes people are like oh you could take pear blossom you know through santa clarita and try to get there quicker listen man I remember we had this race on the motorcycles and one of the homies got to Vegas in an hour and 47 minutes. Now, mind you, it's like 250 miles, okay? Right? And there is an open highway. But to smash there in an hour and 47 with like a stop for gas is fucking nuts. That's like you smashing and, and averaging like 150 nonstop. It's just, it's crazy. So anyways, I've gotten to Vegas before in like under three hours. You know what I'm saying? Like smashing. You know, and it's different because you got to stop for gas no matter what you do. Either stop in a bar store or stop in a baker. And I used to drive again. I will never, ever, not fucking ever. After 2004, I have not driven to Vegas and I never will. I fucked the 15. I hate that motherfucking freeway. Just will not fucking do it again. I'll drive. I'll do anything. Fuck me. I'll fly. Do anything else. Going on and going forward, we're driving home and again, don't ever fucking leave edc new year's eve or any fight weekend and try to drive home the next day you will hate your fucking life because there aren't that many lanes so going on we're driving home we don't even get to the fucking state line this shit is that ill and we can't turn around because we got no money credit cards are maxed out the whole nine it took us 11 and a half hours to get home after we lost all our money the whole night because a fucking candy fucking truck flipped over and got engulfed in flames. So this shit's just like a fucking nightmare. So anyways, going on, we're back home. And um, somehow we find out that that chick, Ashley, and her friend, they live in Hollywood. Um, if you know Hollywood... Do you know where the Hollywood Bowl is? Okay, well, Hollywood Bowl and like Hollywood Highland, there's the American Legion and um, there's an area right after the Hollywood Bowl before you get to like the Lowe's or like Hollywood Highland Center. And there's like this one little area and so she lived right in that little pocket in the Hollywood Hills, technically kind of Hollywood Hills. I don't think it's 90028. It might have been 90068 right there. I'm not sure. But this girl actually lived there and we went over there and hung out a couple times. So it was just a random night, like 2001, and we're chilling at her house, and we're kicking it, and um, I remember chopping it up with her, and you know, my boy was messing with her on the side, and like, we were just kicking it, and uh, we're getting fucked up, chilling, and uh, I leave, and as crazy as this motherfucking shit is, this is the craziest shit ever. I don't know if it was weeks later. I don't know if it was a month later. But she was murdered that night. She was fucking murdered. We were hanging out there. And, um, you know, I have no idea if the police are going to listen to this shit and be like, yo, you need to come in and boom, blah, blah, whatever. But I don't recall anything else, so it doesn't really matter. But we were chilling with Ashley and had no idea she was dating Ashton Kutcher or whatever it may be. But she was murdered that night by the Hollywood Ripper. And... I'm just like crazy because I had her phone number, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, we, you know, we'd randomly talk here and there. I'd see her out. We went out to clubs and shit at the time. And 
maybe we were at National or, you know, I've, I don't know what the fuck, where the fuck we were at the time, maybe Las Palmas, but it just fucks me up because that's just one of the hundreds of crazy Forrest Gump stories that I've been in. And um, we'll get into more of those, you know what I'm saying? So right about now, you know, I'm going to sign off. You know what I'm saying? I want to, again, thank you guys so much. Um, this is, uh, what is this, episode four, and it's like crazy because I can't wait to get to 100, 200, 300, 400. And seriously, man, this is so awesome, man. You know what I'm saying? I get to share a little bit of my life and my crazy stories, and somehow, somewhere, someone might get motivated by this and maybe put on for Koreans and uh, put on for Asians and even do more. You know, a lot of people always tell me, say, hey, I want to be just like you. I'm like, no, man, don't be like me. Be better than me. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, God bless. I'm out. Miles, hit me with the lakey beat. You know what I'm saying? That jazzy shit. Uh.